Great chiropractors and physical therapists are under constant pressure of declining insurance reimbursements and long hours. But did you know there's a way to double your profit without working more? By building a gym onto your practice, you can earn more income, stabilize your business, and be a hero to your family, patients, and team. It's a big undertaking with a huge reward. Dr. Josh Satterley has done it, changed his life, and now wants to help you do the same. Welcome to Clinic Gym Radio. Hey, Ken. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you today? I'm fantastic. For those of you listening, I'm on with Ken Reinig. Did I say that correctly, Ken? That's correct. Yeah, and Ken is a, uh, he's many things to many people, but I know him as uh, the guy that uh, helped us find the right kind of insurance for our, our gym and clinic. And uh, so people call you the insurance guy, right, Ken? That's correct. Yeah. And how long have you been doing insurance for, for gyms and whatnot? Uh, I've been specializing in the health and fitness space for about 28 years. Now I met Ken yep. because you were at a uh, Tom Plummer event, right? And how long have you known that crazy character? Uh, for about the same period of time. I was on his very first uh, tour, and that was about 27 years ago. Wow. Now, how the hell did you guys hook up? Uh, we worked for the same company, uh, American Service Finance, and, and uh, they created an entity called the National Health Club Association. They made okay. Tom Plummer the, the director of that association, and then they searched me out because I was starting to specialize in insurance for the health club industry and uh, met them at a club industry show in uh, Chicago back in the day. And uh, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And I started working with Tom in the National Health Club Association uh, back nice. in, yeah, back in 1991. Wow. That's uh, long before this little, this little tiny gym revolution happened, huh? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, the reason I wanted Ken on today is I get a lot of questions about what kind of insurance should I have and whatnot. And I just thought I'd hear it from the horse's mouth because, you know, as you know, Ken, we're encouraging clinicians, chiropractors, physical therapists, whatnot, to start a gym attached to their clinic. And I know it brings up some interesting business situations and you certainly have helped us out, but, uh, since you have all this experience with gyms and whatnot, I'd like to have you kind of take people through just the basics of, of the insurance game for this size industry. Sound good? Sure. Sounds good. Now, uh, so that we can just get to the meat and potatoes here, let me ask you this. If, if I have a gym attached to my clinic, very basic before I have any employees or anything, what are some basic insurances I should have? Well, if you already have a clinic, you, you typically have, general liability and professional liability associated with that profession. And so this would all, be like my malpractice insurance as a correct. provider. Okay. That is correct. But as part of the uh, insuring agreement with those contracts, it, everyone that I've ever looked at excludes uh, the exposures associated with it, with health and fitness, believe it or not, even though the, you are engaged in that as a profession for the most part. Uh, they will not insure a health club or personal training services in addition to the chiropractic or, per, or uh, physical therapist, uh, any of those kind of policies. So, so, so what they're saying is it's fine if you treat people one-on-one, but don't get cute and try and have like, you know, healthy classes and groups of right. people working out, right? It's all directly, uh, direct contact usually. 
Exactly. And then that also goes toward your employees because they're going to be working with the health and fitness side of the business that your professional liability insurance has no intention of covering. So, so what, we, what we end up recommending is that you set up two separate companies because it's really two separate type of modalities and two separate uh, types of exposures. So right. by setting up a separate LLC or corporation for the health and fitness side, um, you can just attack only those exposures and n- neither the twain shall meet. So both insurance companies have you protected on both sides of your business. Uh, the only overlapping uh, coverage that could be available is if you've signed a lease in one entity that that has both components as part of it. But the general liability underwriters understand that and they can do a workaround and uh, charge their insurance premiums based only on the exposures that the health and fitness side does. Okay. So if I have a 5,000 square foot facility and roughly 3,000 of it is, is gym and 2,000 is a clinic, we can set it up. So the general liability policy on the gym covers that area and the clinic has its own and like you said, never shall the two meet. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And even though the, the clients may be entering in the same front door and they be, you know, mixing and matching their services, when it comes down to somebody getting injured or somebody pulling a claim, you got to know exactly which one's covered and how, right? That's correct. And the nice thing about the health and fitness side of it, at least in, in the companies I represent, is we can, we can have our carriers name your other business as additional insured for those types of exposures. So if someone slips and falls and you can't really tell, well, they came in for a chiropractic appointment or they they were going to go work out, it doesn't matter. The insurance company will step in and protect you and the other entity on those types of claims. Yeah, now when people... So for those listening real quick, when, when Ken says they'll step in and represent you, what that means is if somebody says, oh, I got hurt when you were giving me this or training me to do that, we had a woman, I still can't believe this to this day, Ken, but she was doing pull-ups and then at the top of her pull-up, she gets her chin over the bar, she just lets go and, and her body's kind of at an angle. She falls back and whacks herself on the floor, right? right. Now, an hour before she'd been in my office as a patient and I had sent her out for rehab and this was part of her rehab and training. So she pulls a claim against us and says, Oh yeah, I was injured by both sides of the house. Right. Right. And so when Ken's saying that they represent you and all this, what that means is you get to call an attorney and say, Hey, this lady's claiming that we, that we hurt her, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they send an attorney out to defend for you. Right. That's correct. Yeah, and, it's it's great because you don't have to fight the fight. You just hire right. some, <laughs> you just say, yeah. oh yeah, all those payments I paid, bring an attorney. And they go, no problem. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it typically starts off with just claims adjusters and um, it, long before real attorneys get involved because just because of the cost involved. But typically if they're going to find an ambulance chaser and blame you, um, ultimately that's where you're going to end up. So uh, it goes beyond just claims adjusting to actual litigation, depositions, all that stuff. So, yeah. Okay. So, so you have the general liability that covers both sides of the house. You want to have that in, in place. And this is in addition to your professional liability, AKA malpractice insurance, right? right. That's correct. And general liability is somebody 
slips and falls uh, in your bathroom or hits them, hits their head on a, you know, as they're bending over to pick a pen up off the ground, stupid stuff like that. Right. Right. Or, or if uh, equipment malfunctions, you know, that's not a group, that's not a professional liability um, exposure. That is uh, premises related as well. So that would fall under the general liability policy. So any equipment I have in my building would be covered by that. That's correct. Great. Okay. And then uh, since I'm doing, you know, workout classes and whatnot, I'm having a coach lead them. What other insurances should I have to make sure I'm safe? Well, uh, workers comp, uh, number one, we highly discourage the relationships where you're using independent contractors because it's very difficult to pass the litmus test of what a true independent contractor is. So if you're hiring personal trainers, hire them, make them employees. That way you have control over them. You are paying them. They're not paying you. Uh, And you just get rid of that whole gray area between the feds and the workers' comp division and all that. Uh, So just set it up properly. Put everybody on payroll. And uh, that's number one. Um, Now let's go, let's dive real quick into that because I want to, I want to illustrate that point. Let me tell you a little story. I have a friend who's a, uh, who has six massage therapists working for him. They're all independent contractors. They use his facility. They book their own appointments. They rebook and then he gets paid um, a percentage like commission, right? And in his mind, hey, it's an independent contractor, right? Right. Three years after this woman's been an independent contractor, she, he and uh, the, the two of them, my friend and this massage therapist, get in an argument about um, hours and when she can use the space. And she was here first, so she can't use the space here. So she ends up leaving in a huff. About two weeks later, he gets a letter from the state uh, labor board saying, so-and-so has filed a claim that although you had her listed as an independent contractor, she's been an employee this whole time. Uh-huh. And he says, well, that's not true. And they say, well, we think it is. And oh, by the way, you owe us some money for... Uh, you know, it was an employment tax and, and, uh, all that. Now, after three (laughs) years of her working there as a massage therapist, that wasn't like a $500 check he had to write. Right. It was a pretty hefty, uh, hefty amount. And here she, you know, he, he basically helped her build her own business over three years. She ends up leaving and she goes, Oh, well, I'm going to screw you at this time. Uh Now, had she been an employee that whole time and they left on bad terms, that would have been the end of the conversation. But unfortunately, Yeah, that's correct. I'm sure you hear this stuff all the time. I do. I do. But but like in the area of massage therapists, I think you can set it up as an independent contractor relationship, but it's got to be in writing. It's got to be a rental agreement. It it really commingling of funds is probably what caught him, um, that she was compensated through the business rather than her paying him a set amount for rental space. So if you don't have all that in writing, you're right. You got to make them employees and just, and bite the bullet. You're going to have to pay the workers comp on them. Now the upside Um, of it is the upside is when you have employees, you can really build that team environment and that's really what's going to supercharge your business anyway. So, you know, don't phrase it as independent contractors. That's, it's just not a good situation and you can't dictate when they show up or what they wear, which are two big things you want to do in your training gym. Right. And uh, so it's just a better situation to hook them up as employees. So now that I have employees, 
okay. you're, say, you're saying that I need to have work comp uh, insurance on all those employees, correct? Correct. And uh, as the owner, if you own 10% or more of the business, you can elect to choose not to carry workers' comp if you have good on health insurance on yourself. So all okay. the owners and officers uh, have the ability to, um, to exclude themselves. New Jersey is a, uh, an exception that if you're set up as a corporation, you have no choice. You have to include yourself. But for the most part in all other states, Texas is a little weird. Florida is a little weird. But, uh, you know, well, your, your listeners as, can as always a state, call me. <laughs> yeah. As a state, Florida is very weird. But in the world of workers' <laughs> comp, it's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For instance, uh, you're not required to carry workers' comp until you get to five employees in, in Florida. But you're still responsible if they get hurt on the job. So <laughs> to, to, to say, well, I don't have to carry workers comp. That, that's true, but you, you still just, got to you, be responsible for them if they screw up and hurt themselves. Yeah, you, you just have pay. to have a, a big, deep credit card that can handle a big-ass charge when they do get hurt, right? <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. So for, now, our, for our purposes, everybody needs to be an employee. Everybody needs to be covered under workers comp, except for the owners. They can elect not to. Okay. Now, in a lot of gyms, you have a lot of, you know, part-time trainers that are working, say, 10 hours a week. They just come in uh, a few days a week to coach classes. Am I going to pay the same amount of work comp for them as I would, you know, somebody that's a full-time employee? No, because it's based on the amount of payroll. So, okay, perfect. Yep. So, it's, it is proportionate. It is fair. Okay. Yep. All right. And so, I have that. And obviously, that's something you guys can help uh, get people hooked up with, Right. Right. Okay. And then is there anything special about the fact that they're teaching fitness or, you know, how's it classified as far as industries? I mean, it's not underwater welding or something like that. Very dangerous, right? Right. But that's a very good point. You should be dealing with an agent or uh, at least a company that specializes in this space because there are professional liability exposures that you have for training you're making recommendations on proper lifting techniques, exercise, even people's diet and nutrition. And uh, these are all things that are generally excluded under a general liability policy that you would get through like a state farm agent or your farmer's agent. They, they say, oh, yeah, I can cover that space. But there's so many exclusions in those forms. You're, you're really not all you're buying is premises slip and fall coverage. That's it. Now so that's you gotta this. Be, you got to be careful. This is why we are calling Ken right now. This is it right here. Because can you tell some horror stories of things you heard about that were, you know, I, I get my local a buddy I go to, you know, play softball with in the church league is a state farm rep. So I get a uh-huh. policy through them. And then can you tell us some things that were not covered that people found out the hard way? Well, yeah, I just kind of alluded to it right away. Um, I had a client that was with American Family, and they ended up coming to me because they did have a claim. Uh, one of their trainers uh, was working with, uh, with somebody, and the person lost their balance while they were on a BOSU ball, fell back, and fractured her wrist. The American Family Company said, had an exclusion in their policy for any any injuries, any medical payments in the course of athletic participation. 
Well, in the gym, that's what it is. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> right. right. You know, you're, everything you do is athletic participation, either one-on-one or in small group. So they denied the claim. It turned out to be something that they were able to settle out of court. He still had to pay about $12,000 out of his own pocket. But then he ended up coming to us. And um, wow. again, it's a, it's a no-brainer. That's absolutely something that's covered under, under our policy and, and several of my competitors as well. So, okay. Well, forget your competitors. We don't care about them, Ken. <laughs> You're the guy that helped me out, so screw them. I want you. Yeah. Right. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. So, and any other things? Now, you said like um, nutrition coaching, and I, it never occurred to me that that might, that might bring up some sticky situations. Have you seen some claims that went awry in that, in that arena? Uh, very few. I mean, you, okay. I could count them on one hand, but... Because it, even become, though the people get the advice, they never actually implement it, so there's no danger, huh? Yeah, usually that's the case. But what, where we've seen some strange uh, claims is when you're recommending some, some very high-potent stuff that you get on the top shelf at the GNC, and your trainer actually goes over and, and helps the person pick out supplements without really knowing anything about it, <laughs> you know. What? That, is, it, that has never happened in the supplement space, Ken. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't believe you're saying that. But <laughs> So that person goes home and gets sick or has an adverse reaction. Exactly. And they're exactly. basically saying, you as a professional recommended this, so I believed you because you, you know, yep. have knowledge, and yep. now you're liable, huh? Yep, now you're liable. So. Wow, okay. Now, is there any, along those lines, if – you know, if I have a policy with you, I have a gym, my gym is covered and my trainers are covered and I decide to start adding, um, I don't know, a juice bar and, yep. or uh, smoothies or something like that. Um, and somebody does get sick. Is that covered in the general liability or how's that covered? It, it is. It is absolutely covered, but you do have to disclose that to your company. So meaning Ken it, needs to know that you have a juice bar and that you're slinging smoothies correct. left and right. Yep. Okay. And then we need to know if you're doing any private labeling. So if you've come up with your own formula and uh, you now call it Josh's juice and mm-hmm. you, you've done the formulization, you, let, you need to let your insurance company know that because now you're in essence fall under the guidelines of product liability. So huh. interesting. Uh, yeah. And most of the time they're, they're innocuous and they're just ingredients. Of course, that can be bought anywhere. But people in the past, back in the old ephedra days, where they were juicing up their juice um, with ingredients that uh, the insurance company had no intention of covering, and then <laughs> you, can get, you can get in trouble that way. So it just all comes down to the disclosure at application time. Unfortunately, okay. that's the only painful part of doing business with us, is you've got to take about a half an hour to answer a questionnaire and we have staff that that's all they do this is all my company does is health and fitness all day long i will i don't even insure my own home and automobiles i all i insure is gyms so they're very adept with that process and uh just everything that you're that you have going on in the gym we is disclosed to us in the application becomes part of your policy and that's it now, is it best practices, theoretically, if I add uh, something new, if I add that juice bar, or I start adding a line of supplements, literally all I have to do if I'm one of your clients is call you and just say, oh, by the way, we added this, right? Yep, that's it. Yep. And then 
Hannah or somebody on the phone will go, no, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully yeah. they won't do that. But, but, uh, but we have had situations where uh, Jim, they'll add uh, a bounce house outside their facility. Uh, you know, a play area bounce house, which is not health and fitness. That's entertainment. Ooh, and, okay. and, and kids, uh, you know, that's a whole different set of underwriting. It, we can still cover it, but without being, without disclosing that knowledge, it could run into some problems. And we'll be right back with our interview of Ken Reining right after this. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist working long hours, worrying about lower repayments and missing out on quality time with your family? You can double your income without working more hours by adding a gym to your practice. Clinic Gym Hybrid Solutions has a step-by-step guide that dramatically simplifies and speeds up the addition of a fitness center and its monthly recurring revenue. In just six months, you can be on your way to freedom. Visit ClinicGymHybrid.com today for a free downloadable PDF and complimentary consultation to get you started. That's ClinicGymHybrid.com. So a lot of people hire some trainers out of a big box gym and, you know, they're independent contractors there and they come in with, say, they, you know, say they're certified by the NSCA or NASM and they, they get their, you know, NSA, NASM has that, it's a great special. It's like 200 bucks a year for insurance for these trainers, if they're working independently at a big box gym, does that have any effect on how we want to insure our, our people? No, because if we're doing it right and we're setting them up as employees, you, you, you don't need to require them to provide evidence of insurance from their organization. Uh, the nice thing, it's kind of a double-edged sword, but we, we don't, don't require that a trainer be certified. As long as you're not professing or advertising the fact that all your trainers are ACE certified or all of them are NAS certified. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we don't want to hang that responsibility and requirement on our club owner because then he's saddled with the, with the expectation to verify that their trainer certified, that they're keeping up with their continuing education and blah, blah, blah. We don't want to get into a problem where somebody gets hurt and you find out this, that the trainer lied and the club owner is now responsible because he thought he had a, a certified trainer it turns out he doesn't but we don't want the club owner to go down because of that so we don't make it a requirement we make it a recommendation so that it doesn't affect his liability if if things get you know fall between the cracks or we didn't get an updated certification Right. Let me tell you a story. I have a buddy who graduated uh, as an exercise physiologist from a very good program that teaches a lot of training. And they said, hey, at the end of this program, you'll be uh, certified by, I can't remember, NASM, let's just say. Well, he graduated college and quickly moved across the country. And when, when he did that, you have to still fill out a form and send in a check to the NASM to get your actual certification. So, for about four months, he been a little more than that. He thought he was certified by NASM because in his mind, Hey, I completed the classes. You know, I graduated, this is all included. And so he gets a job as a trainer because, and he says, I have my NASM certification gets hired three weeks in. They said, Hey, we still need the certificate form. He contacts the NASM and they basically say, who are you? We've never heard of you. And uh, yeah. And so 
it put him in a sticky situation employment wise. Yeah. Uh-huh. But luckily, luckily, uh, you guys over at the, the Reining Insurance uh, Solutions have basically said that can happen. Or the other thing is, you know, somebody comes in with an A certification and they're a great trainer. I don't want to say like, well, listen, we only hire NSCA people. Yeah, exactly. Go get your NSCA license. It's like, well, dude, that's a lot of hours and cost for, right. let's be honest, for nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's a racket. I think we all understand that. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, I'd rather have a guy who get graduated uh, with, a, with an engineering degree, but also minored in uh, exercise physiology, and he gets health and fitness. He gets it, and he's a good trainer. I don't care if he's certified. You know, right. he, he has had the education. He's great with clients. I'd rather ha- hire attitude over accomplishment any day of the week anyway. So, yeah. you know, you, you could have the best trainer in the world. And actually, with the, the more certifications they, ha- they have behind their name, the more pain in the ass they are. Because then, because <laughs> then they think that you're working for them instead of the the other way around. So yeah, I, I don't want well, somebody who knows it all. <laughs> yeah. Now, are there any certifications everybody should have, like specifically CPR, first aid, AED? And yeah. do you guys um, have any recommendations yeah. to kind of maybe help with lowering some costs along those lines? I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, the, the whole industry is moving to the standard is everyone should be CPR, AED certified, period. And they, But you can get net, those certifications now online, believe it or not. You don't have to go through your, your local fire department or you know, specialty companies that charge you an arm and a leg to get everybody certified. You can do it online. Well, actually, they're CPR companies, so they charge an arm, leg, and a chest compression uh, right. to get you certified. It's more expensive. Yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly. So we just want the basics. We want somebody who knows how to dial 911, who knows where the AED is located, and who can open the box and follow instructions one, two, three. They really are the, the AED machines that are available today. Literally, they're 18-year-old and aerobic constructor proof. <laughs> so, awesome. so anybody can... Well, let me ask you this. Is that a requirement of most of your policies now that there is an AED on site? Because those things are another thousand bucks, right? Yeah, they're, they, yep, they're getting... They're down around the 750 range, but it is an expense. There are some 19 states that require it now. So I, I can't remember all of them offhand, but that's where the industry's headed. And as I've said earlier, it's the standard now. So it, it, I think it's just part of your uh, business. You just got to have it. Yeah. You just got to have it. Because it, I mean, uh, if, if you're not required to today, the law is going to be passed and you, you won't even know it passed. And you're going to be required. And right. ignorance is not any. Yeah. Just get it. Yeah. We, uh, you know, when we built our space, we, we were required by our local municipality to have a drinking fountain in the space. And I, you know, you got to have a drinking fountain now and those aren't cheap and you got to have a, you got to have an AED. It's just, you should yeah. be included in the cost basically of your construction, yeah. right? Budgeted it, in construction. Yep. Yeah. It's part of all your tenant improvements costs and contents. And yeah. Any, like now, anything said. else? Anything else uh, that uh, yeah, might help I, us <laughs> kind of stay legal and reduce yeah, our, I, our policies? Go ahead. Another thing that uh, everyone should invest in is uh, digital surveillance. 
It, it is so important now. So you're saying having cameras and everything that's recording uh, everything that's going on. Everything. Yep. You'll not only, it, it's a great deterrent from lawsuits because cameras don't lie. And 50% of every claim we see is what we call member malfunction. (laughs) (laughs) The the member has done something stupid and they hurt themselves. Well, Mm -hmm. if it's caught on camera, whether they're not paying attention, they get thrown off the back of a treadmill, they drop a weight on their foot, they, you know, do something crazy with a lat pull down that it wasn't designed to do, but they did it on their own. All those stupid things are caught on video away go the attorneys. You, they, it, it just doesn't lie. Conversely, if it shows that the club was negligent, your insurance company can then make the determination, let's settle this quickly because we're caught. You know, we're, we got to pay. And uh, so it still saves costs. Instead of dragging out legal fees for four years, um, in, the insurance company can make an informed decision right at the time and everybody saves money. And uh, if you, the club owner was responsible, hey, that's what you have insurance for. And yeah. uh, that's now all me, you can do. Yeah. We had a group of, <laughs> uh, and, and these surveillance kits now are, you know, 500 bucks will get you for 5,000 square feet. We'll probably cover you for with your cameras and everything you need, right? I mean, we're not, they're not super yeah. expensive anymore. Yeah, or you can get them at Costco now. You know, great system, 16 camera systems with two week, uh, hard drive uh, recording uh, loop so that if something does happen, you just go to that incident, you download it to your thumb drive and you always keep it off, you know, off the hard drive that way. Uh, Cause every claim that's going to happen, you're likely going to know about it within the day or two after it's happened. But just, you know, just to be safe, get a camera that has a two week backup and, uh, yeah. That way, when you're out at the Bahamas and yep. something happens with an employee, you have time to get back, right? Yep, right. Okay. And that's the other beautiful thing is you can be out at the Bahamas monitoring your gym. Your employees are actually going to work because mm-hmm. they know they're on camera. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, especially yeah. when you call them on a random Wednesday and be like, hey, yeah. David, I thought you were trying to lose weight. And I see on the yeah. camera here, you're eating pepperoni pizza in the back. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no. Or like yeah. most gyms, uh, I always laugh. I said, if you ever wanted to kill all the staff at a gym, just throw a hand grenade behind the front counter. <laughs> because nobody will be out on the floor working. Nobody will be out cleaning. Nobody will be out, you know, interacting with the members. They're all going to mm-hmm. be bullshitting and playing with their phones at the front counter. Yeah, so. there you go. <laughs> Is that something else to invest in as a, uh, one of those uh, cell phone scramblers? <laughs> you know, that they <laughs> that would really drive up production, right? Uh, yeah, but I, oh, I'm, I, we, now that we brought that up, though, we've just recently come out with uh, some nice guidelines involving social media that okay. is in writing that you should have all of your employees sign so they're not posting stuff that they shouldn't be uh, because they're they're they represent your club your club both while they're on premises and premises and yeah. if they're doing something stupid and and posting stuff on Facebook that that is detrimental to the image that you're trying to create you now have a policy that's in writing and now you have grounds for dismissal because they agree to these various 
social media guidelines and policies that I'd be happy to share with your listeners, whoever wants it. They can just contact me at kentheinsuranceguy.com, ken at theinsuranceguy.com. Okay, we'll throw that link in the yeah, we'll throw that link in the show notes too, so people can click on it. Sounds good. Now, along those lines, real quick question. So, let's say you tell me how this situation should be handled, because a friend of mine has a gym, and this happened to him. So, you know, during class one day, all the members are meeting up, and it's a Thursday, and everybody's kind of talking about, hey, what a great workout, high fiving, and they say, what are you doing? Uh, what are you guys doing this weekend? You're just making small talk. And the trainer says, oh, I'm hiking. And around here, there's Mount Charleston. So it's a pretty tall mountain around us. So I'm hiking Mount Charleston. Anybody want to go? So a few people go, right? And they say, yeah, I'll yep. meet you up. Where are we meeting? So 6 a.m., they all meet up. Now they're hiking. Yep. One of the gym members is out there hiking up, coming down, and she slips and sprains her ankle, right? Right, yeah. Now, her argument was, well, I thought this was a, a gym event, because, you know, the trainer invited me and we were all there together in the gym, blah, blah. And the trainer said, no, I was just hiking because I wanted to hike. Like I didn't have a uniform right. on or anything. How would you, are, are there protections for that kind of stuff? And, and how would you handle that? And what should you do with offsite activities? Can you go into that a little bit? Yep. Uh, with our policies, it, those kind of events are protected if they are sponsored by the club. Like you said, if, it, if a trainer does it on their own uh, or it, and the person just makes an assumption that, that this is a club event, we're going to cover you uh, and defend it. We'll probably not try to pay that claim because it was not a club-sponsored event. But regardless, we're going to protect the club owner. That being said, what, if you're going to do off-site events, you should have everyone sign a special event waiver. It goes a little beyond the regular waiver, and it's a pure acknowledgement that this member or this participant or this guest now understands that they're signing a separate waiver because we're going to go do something off-site. And it just strengthens our defense uh, if and when litigation does arise. Um, but we're going to cover you either way. These are all just risk management techniques and services that we provide to our clients uh, that we help you through those processes. So, you know, right. But when we go back to that state farm or American family or, you know, local farmers guy, a lot of times there are not, that's, that can go unnoticed, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'll go unnoticed, but their policies clearly state that they are only covering the square footage in those four walls. That's Mm -hmm. it. If, they, if you even go do a lunging out in the parking lot, you're not going to be covered. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really good to know. So once yeah. again, that's why we use Ken and his team. They're just great. They understand this business. Now, last yeah. thing you just talked about, uh, and, and then we'll wrap it up, but you just talked about have, a special, have them sign a special waiver, right? Uh-huh. And one of the things when you start a gym, it's really hard to get a hold of some good paperwork, right? Some forms on the front end. Right. Uh, because a lot of times you don't want to make them up yourself. And if you go to legal zoom, they're not that good. And let's be honest, right. nobody wants to hire yeah. an attorney if we can avoid it. Right. Like they're overpaid. True. They're drinking martinis on our dime. We don't want them. <laughs> we don't want to give them any extra money. <laughs> if somebody has a policy with you, do you provide some of that early paperwork and, and recommendations as to what to sign? We provide all of that. Not only the, the waivers and special event forms, but we give you an impl- complete safety risk management ma- manual gives you step-by-step instructions on what to do when somebody gets hurt. Um, You know, 
when you have a property claim, what, you know, don't throw stuff away if it's broken or, you know, just little hints and stuff. It's very easy to follow, very easy to read. And as part of the risk management we do with our insurance carriers, we tell them that we're providing our clients with the waivers. This is the waiver they're going to use. Um, and that's a whole different game because most people have uh, third-party collection companies now, like ABC Financial. And by the way, my company wrote the waiver for both ABC and ASF. So the two biggest collecting companies for billing already use our waiver. But I guess my point is, and I didn't want to get too far off track, is yes, we give them all the materials they'll ever need for risk management and keeping their gym safe. And it has all the language that needs to occur within that for the policy to actually be in effect, right? Yep. Fantastic. Well, again, that's one thing that I think the local, you know, farmer's guy is not going to provide because they well, just don't even know what to provide. That's right. the point. Yeah. Yeah. It'll just be a cocktail napkin with a crayon drawing <laughs> on it. And that's, this is not what you want. You want to deal with somebody serious like Ken. Well, Ken, uh, I'll put your contact information in the show notes, but any other tips for gym owners? So this is somebody that's, you know, they got a clinic running. They're just going to add a gym. Any suggestions before they get started? Um, no, just take time with me before you even sign the lease. Uh, that's where risk management starts because we even help in doing that. We'll analyze your lease, let you know if your landlord's smoking pot and they're requiring way too much in the, in the way of uh, liability or things to do with the building that you have no control over, but you are contractually obligating yourself to fix Repair. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you one you story. Uh, your girl, Hannah, pulled out the fact that uh, we were responsible for all the repairs on our HVAC unit. And out here right. in Vegas, you cannot operate without air conditioning in the summer. I mean, it's like physically impossible. Right. And so she asked us, hey, do you want to add? A, I don't, it was such a low amount every month and we'll insure those things. And I was like, absolutely. Because if one of those craps out, that's 10 grand, you know, yeah. out here. And we had two of them on the roof. So yeah. Yeah. that's one of those things that that... That's, you know, they're really a full service joint um, and I really appreciate. So Ken, people can reach out to you if they have any questions, right? Set up some yep. time. Not a problem. Put them my contact information. It's much easier to reach me through my email uh, and then we can set up uh, conference calls uh, and have the same kind of come to Jesus meeting that you and I had when we, you became our client. And uh, it's, it's, all, it's all a great process and they're going to go away not only knowing that they're well protected, but they're going to save money too, because right. this is all we do. So, And there is no better feeling in the world than when you've already paid for coverage and somebody hits you up and you just say, hey, deal with, hey, here's the person's details, deal with them. And you guys take it from there. It's, it's yep. a pretty good feeling. Yep. Yeah. Well, Ken, now there's a little special thing about Ken is he is known as the singing insurance guy. Uh, <laughs> Is there anywhere where people can see one of your, your music videos or, Actually, or a song? If you just you go to YouTube and go the singing insurance guy, you'll probably find me. Uh, <laughs> not too many insurance guys with, uh, that can sing and not too many of them can hold a decent conversation like Ken has. So, <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, Josh. So. Yeah. Well, listen, Ken, it's been a little slice of heaven. I, I really appreciate all the knowledge you've kind of given people here. Um, obviously, your office is a great resource in this space. It's the only, it's the only office I know that specializes in these tiny little gyms. And uh, I really appreciate you being with us today. Uh, yeah. So on okay. behalf of 
Ken Reinig and the Reinig Insurance Group. This is Dr. Josh Satterley for Clinic Gym Radio saying go out there, maximize your license, and live the life you dream of. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're ready to double your profit without working longer hours, please visit clinicgymhybrid.com and find out how easy it is to get started on your path to freedom. That's clinicgymhybrid.com.